I'm Raymond DeFelita, and welcome to the Hangover Lounge blogcast, XCU, The Viewfinder, where we discuss the craft of screenwriting, audio storytelling, filmmaking, and all things entertainment industry and showbiz related. Thank you for joining us. I had the great privilege of directing a movie called Bottom of the Ninth, and that was a couple of years ago. If you haven't seen it, it's with Sofia Vergara and Joe Manganiello. And what we're going to hear about today is how the writer, Robert Bruzio, hung in for a really, really, really long time, and he finally got his movie made. First, let me just say, by the way, that in addition to being a really fun writer, Robert is a really good actor, and he appears in our movie, small part. But that should be like a good lesson for anyone who is a frustrated actor. Write your own movie and put yourself in it. That's the way to do it. And have a good relationship with your director so that they like the idea too. (laughs) Robert also appears in our podcast, Screenplay Resurrection, where we did our screenplay, Murdering Michael Malloy. And Robert has a really you know, nice part in that. So please feel free to check out Screenplay Resurrection and our pilot episode, Murdering Michael Malloy. So Robert, I'm going to try to race through it a little so that we can give you most of the time. Short version of the plot is there's a young player in his teens who's a phenomenal player named Stano. He's a Yankee. And before he ever gets to play professionally as a Yankee, he gets involved in a street fight that sends him to prison for 20 years. Our movie starts with him getting out of prison 20 years after that and how he has to rebuild his life. Anyway, I read the script. And I thought, yeah, I can, I can do this. I, I, I love the story. I love the milieu. I love the fact that it's about redemption and second chances. And I like sports movies too. If you have followed my podcast, Movies Sold On, there's an interview on there that I did with the director, John Adelson, who directed Rocky and the Karate Kid and a lot of classics of that genre. And it turns out during his interview, which I did in 2016, he tells me about a movie that he's going to direct called Stano. And I couldn't imagine that I'd ever, you know, unless he made the film, I'd ever hear about it again. But sure enough, a year later, John had passed away and I was offered the movie. Actually, let me let me correct that a little bit. It was right before he passed away. And when I was offered the movie, I called him and I said, is this OK? Because like you were going to direct this movie. And John said, no, no, no. It's a great opportunity for you. Well, let's have a coffee and I'll tell you my war stories, which I didn't know what that meant. And, and then he passed away and we never had that coffee. Anyway, uh, that, that's that's the setup as to how I got here. Robert and I, had, uh, you know, we liked each other a lot. We share a lot of things. We're both New York Italian guys. We both actually like to eat tripe. It's hard to find fellow tripe eaters. And, and we went ahead and we made the movie. Now, having said all that, that sounds pretty simple from my point of view. Things were much more complicated and involved in terms of Robert's journey. So I just think any writer out there who has a script, you're going to learn something from hearing what Robert went through because Robert is somebody who, he's a true believer. And he's certainly one of the most positive people I've ever worked with, which is a great thing in a business filled with a lot of negativity and a lot of turndowns. All right, Robert, let's start with what inspired you to write the movie that we now call Bottom of the Ninth. Um, Well, first of all, Raymond, thank you for for doing this. You know, it's, it's my pleasure and honor to talk about it. And we've talked so much about it over the years. But um, yeah, what inspired me was I had a relative who did a long stint of uh, time in prison. And I was, you know, from since I was a kid, I would go visit him. And when he came out, I actually went to pick him up with my aunt. And from every step of coming out of prison, literally walking out through the gates, driving to his house, driving into the Bronx, And then the next few days into months, spending time with him and watching him acclimate and go from such a big high of being free to 
the fear of real life setting in, um, it affected me profoundly. So as a writer, I said, you know, I, I wish I would have documented this, you know, video the whole uh, time that it happened. That was always on my mind, but I've always been a huge baseball fan, especially a Yankee fan. And somehow thinking of the Yankees and thinking of my cousin, something merged within me and said, imagine if somebody who had the opportunity at, at a young age to be anything. And my cousin could have been anything. I mean, he could have been, you know, who knows? He had movies, you know, he's got movie star good looks, you know, he could have been a movie star. But what if, you know, that opportunity was thrown away and being on the top of the world at one point and then having nothing and coming out with virtually nothing at the age of 38 or 40, almost 40, um, what does that do to a person? You know, especially saying that everybody who was kind of in their neighborhood who didn't even match up to those standards um, uh, uh, move on and, and witness how they moved on. So that was the start. That was the seed um, that made me explore this character. And I put him on this journey of, okay, what if he wants to take this other shot and, you know, become this major league baseball player? I just immediately started writing it on spec. And what was your first move when you were done with it? Did you give it to friends or family to read? Did they react to it? Actually, I never asked you this. Did, did, did your cousin read it early on? He did. He did. Actually, he was pretty um, involved in, in, in helping me. You know, he was very open on what he was feeling emotionally. And it was very touchy to, 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 to ask him a lot of these questions. But I think, and as you know, Raymond, it's like really important to dig as much as possible. Um, so respectfully, I would ask him questions and, and, you know, thankfully he answered honestly. And I think that that rings true in, in the story. It helps ring true. A couple of my movies have come from family situations and for the most part, it's been okay. A couple of people have said like, really, you know, don't you have to kind of, and I always say, look, I treat it respectfully. I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not really asking permission though. I'm asking forgiveness if need be, because that's what you do as a writer. You absorb other people's lives and you turn them into your work. How did you feel about that? You know, I really didn't get to talk a lot to my family about it. Um, many people in my family for a long time didn't really understand what I do for a living. <laughs> um, so I still don't understand what we do for a living. I still don't, and I write, we, I don't even understand it. But it's kind of funny, like my wife would read stuff and, and many times she'll pick a character and go, I know who that is. I know who I <laughs> um, and, and, and yeah, you know, the question did come up, especially that, you know, th this kind of history is not something that people want to, you know, really brag about. Um, but I, again, asked my cousin if he was all cool with it. And, and he's a storyteller himself. And he was, like, he was more than happy to do it. What was your first professional move with the script to try to get it done? I submitted it to the IFP in New York. That's Independent uh, Film Project. And um, it got accepted right away. And from what I learned, I think they had over like somewhere from two, two or 3,000 submissions. And they selected only 40 screenplays, I think. To, to be a part of it. And, and my screenplay was, was one of them. And, you know, for me, I felt like to, to have total strangers uh, in, in this market respond to the material. And then when I went to the market, there was an agent from CAA there that read the screenplay and he responded to it. And there was, you know, a lot of people that were responding to the material. So I really felt that there was something there. And did the agent take you on and, and the script or what was the, what was the first bite you got really to get it done? Well, the typical agent thing that he said to me was that I needed to get attachments. <laughs> I needed to get somebody, you know, not that he would do it. I had to, you know, 
get, get somebody on board. I think that that's an interesting point. You know, a lot of people attribute jobs to, you know, to an agent that they don't necessarily do. They don't wave magic wands. They don't really go out and find you a lot of work. You have to do a lot of the footwork. And a lot of the time it can be a little bit disheartening to people, but agents can also move your projects ahead a lot once you start to do the groundwork. Right. But, you know, it takes, sometimes it takes people a while to realize you don't just sit, get an agent and sit back and wait for things to happen. You have to do it yourself. Right. Yeah. And, and because he was from a big agency, he was from CAA, I kind of took him to the challenge and said, well, let's see, you know, who, who could I find? He, you know, he, he was directing me towards finding a director. And at the time, I was uh, developing a really good relationship with our mutual friend, Bert Young. Right. And, and, and it's interesting because, you know, the, the, when, when I came up with the story, I was intentionally looking for something Rocky-esque, you know, something that was in that Rocky inspirational feel-good, but not only feel-good, but with an interesting character. Right. Um, I thought of John Appleton. You know, I said, why, you know, he's the guy who, who made Rocky, I, and, and why not take a shot? And I, and I asked Bert Young about it. And to my surprise, Bert gave me uh, John's uh, phone number. Um, Bert read the script first, and thankfully he liked it too. You know, he wouldn't just give it because of our friendship. Um, but he did like the screenplay, and, and, became, and he also valued me as a friend, and still does. And he gave me his number, and I called up John. And just cold called him. Just cold called him. My, my heart was in my throat. You know, here he is, Academy Award-winning director, John Avildsen. Um, called him up, and I, and I played the whole uh, game, you know. I, I said, uh, I mean, aside that I'm a friend from Burt Young, and that's how I got your number. I have the screenplay that was accepted at the IFP, and there's this agent at CAA, you know, just trying to convince him as much as possible to, to, to want to read it. And he said, okay, fine, send it over. And I did. And two days later, I get a phone call from him, and he says, I love it. I want to do it. And I was floored. So I call up the agent right away at CAA, and he said it wasn't enough. <laughs> Need more elements. <laughs> but importantly, you got a named director. So what was his next move? Like, you guys are now basically teamed up. Did you go, go for actors? Well, no. Interestingly enough, right around that time, Bert was also doing Rocky Balboa. And I kind of invited myself to the set uh, in Philadelphia. You know, I got to, to, to watch them film and, and, and work uh, there. And, and, and there I met Bill Chardoff. And now, you know, things are formulating. Now, I, it's kind of funny. I, I, I'm a writer, but a producer mind is kind of working where I'm like, oh, wait, wait a minute. Chardoff, Avildsen, maybe there's a whole Rocky thing that's going yeah, on. Yeah, we should, we should mention Bill's father, Robert Chardoff, and Erwin Winkler were the producers of the original Rocky. That's exactly right. And, and, and you know, I, I respectfully on set did not talk about the script. I was just happy to meet Bill. But it stayed on my mind. And about a month after they wrapped on that movie, I looked up Chardoff Productions and I found a phone number and I just asked for Bill Chardoff. And uh, the secretary said, well, you know, who may I ask is calling? And I said, I'm a friend of Burt Young. And I met him on the set of Rocky Balboa. And I left my phone number and, and name. And uh, he called me up. And I gave him, you know, the same kind of uh, pitch as I did to John. And, and he asked to, to read the screenplay. And I sent it to him as well. And I told him that John loved it. John was, was, was interested in it. So that kind of excited him as well. So he came on board. So it's, it's kind of cool. You went from basically being alone in a room in New York with your script, and you then kind of wound up with the team that made Rocky. 
I'd say part of what you're saying, which I think is a real lesson for writers, is you're walking a tightrope between chutzpah, yes, get that phone number or, or email, and just, but also a respectful way of doing it, which is not entirely going to turn people off. You're not in the, their face on the set. You're kind of doing it step by step and, and building on it. I think that, that's pretty amazing. Thanks for listening to the Hangover Lounge blogcast, XCU The Viewfinder, where we discuss the craft of screenwriting, audio storytelling, filmmaking, and all things entertainment industry and showbiz related. Please join us for part two of screenwriter Robert Bruzio's insightful interview on how he got his screenplay, Bottom of the Ninth, made into a movie directed by yours truly. If you'd like to be a guest or contributor on our blogcast and share your point of view with our community, please reach out to us through our website at hangoverloungepodcasts.com and send us a message. Until then, thanks for listening.